Welcome to the raw and uncensored Ambitious Podcast. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Aww, yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. Welcome to the Ambitious Podcast, and today is the second installment of a four-part series on the mother wound. So if you have not listened to last week's, you need to go back to episode 102, where I educate you all about what the mother wound is, and I give you a bunch of ideas and examples to see if you have the mother wound. Pretty much everyone who has reached out to me in the last week or so is like, I have the mother wound. I'm like, bitch, ditto. <laughs> Join the club, honey. I'm not only the president, I'm also a member. <laughs> but today's podcast is going to be all about how to heal the mother wound. And that truly is how we start to regain our freedom in life. Remember, whatever we heal, we don't have to conceal, right? And for so many of us, we have been lying to ourselves and lying to the people who mean the most to us on why we're more fucked up than a soup sandwich. And for most of us, it's because we got the mother wound. All right. So today I'm going to give you guys the top five ways how you can begin healing your mother wound. And then next week, I'm going to do this amazing guided meditation on some inner child healing. It's also in the book Ambitious. So I'm going to cut right to the chase. I don't want to waste anyone's time. I certainly don't want to waste my own because the faster we get this out to the world and all of the ambitious people, and they can start healing their mother wound. If we heal ourselves, we can in turn heal the world, right? Okay. So here are the top five ways that I have compiled that you can start to heal your mother wound. Okay. So the first way that you can start to heal the mother wound is I want you to learn to separate the human mother from the archetype mother. Okay, so you might not know what that means, but if you've studied uh, Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, Carl Jung, he was one of the fathers of psychiatry and psychology, and I actually found this really cool write-up in Psychology Today. So I want to kind of really explain to you what this mother archetype is all about so that you can really start to heal. Okay, so the first one is learn to separate the human mother from the archetype mother. So this is from Psychology Today, and it's um, by a writer, and her name is Dale Kushner. And the 
the actual write-up is called Mothers, Witches, and the Power of Archetypes. Finding the archetypes behind destructive influences can help us cope with them. This was written in May uh, of 2016. So I'm just going to read a little excerpt from this write-up so you can better understand what I'm talking about when I say you got to separate the mom from the archetype or the idea of what mother is. Anyone who has been raised by a cruel or neglectful mother can attest to a painful legacy of rejection. The effects of deprivation of good maternal care are uncontestably at the core of a host of psychological maladies. Our first relationship is with our mothers. Across cultures, an infant's first attempt at word forming starts with babbling the sound ma, mama, mommy, mater, muti, ama, mare, as if from birth we are programmed to call out to the person most likely to sustain our lives. But what we do make of negative mothers, those who do not care for and attend to us, Once on a friend's sheep farm where I'd gone to help with lambing, so this is not me, obviously, this is this broad that's writing this. I've never gone lambing in my life. I've been on the lamb a couple times, but I've never gone lambing. So she says, once on a friend's sheep farm where I'd gone to help with lambing, I witnessed the sad spectacle of a mother, you, rejecting her offspring. Tottering on its weak legs, the lamb struggled to nuzzle and suckle, but the you shoved the lamb from its udder. The lamb tried again and again. The ewe kicked and butted until the newborn lamb collapsed and gave up. Recently, while reading Peg Streep's excellent book, Mean Mothers, so I don't know if you guys, uh, well, obviously I told you guys to go back to last week's podcast, but I talk a little bit about Peg Streep. She has some really great books and she has a really great blog about this. But she says, Peg Streep, In Mean Mothers, this haunting image returned to me. Streep wrote, Not all mothers love, unconditionally or otherwise. For the mother who doesn't, the cultural myths of unconditional love and maternal instinct require her to hide and deny her feelings at all costs. Even if she cannot always keep herself from expressing them in words or gestures, there's no room in the mother myth for the mother who resents all the attention her infant or toddler needs, or who chafes at the necessary loss of freedom and self-focus the transition into motherhood usually entails. Our personal mother may be cruel and inadequate in fulfilling our needs, but it's helpful to enlarge our understanding of their influence by exploring the archetypal dimensions of motherhood and situating the person within the context of the universal, as Carl Jung wrote in Four Archetypes. So this is a direct quote from the book, Four Archetypes, that Carl Jung wrote. All those influences which the literature describes as being exerted on the children do not come from the mother herself, but rather from the archetype projected upon her, which gives her a mythological background and invests her with authority and numinosity. Behind the personal mother is the archetype of the great mother. She is the force that drives creation and destruction, fecundity, 
but also the barren womb. The Great Mother is Mother Nature, who brings us fruit and grain, but also hurricanes, drought, and locusts. She is Gaia, Demeter, Isis, and all the other goddesses from the beginning of time who have been worshipped and appropriated, demonized, and thrown out. She is not our birth mother. She is our psychic heritage of what motherhood attains, and she carries within her, her the poles of good and bad, mothers that come down to us through fairy ta- tales and myths. These are the three essential aspects of the mother, wrote, wrote Jung. Her cherishing and nourishing goodness, her, her orgiad, orgiastic, God fucking damn it, Hooked on phonics works for me. Emotionality and her Stygian depths. So I looked up what Stygian meant and it means dark. <sighs> Carl's fucking me in the asshole in the mouth right now with all these big words. We know the bad mother as the queen in Snow White, as Cinderella's stepmother, as Cirque or Medusa, whose gaze turns us into stone. These figures stand for a reversal of positive mothering. Instead of providing food and comfort, they seduce and devour, harboring a secret, malicious intent. They eat up our self-confidence or numb us with their betrayal. Many of us read these tales and identify ourselves in the narrative. We say, yes, my mother is just like that. And we can understand that from the beginning of time, there have probably been mean mothers and realize because of this long history that we too can survive our own. Among the archetypes, the witch is a fascinating figure. When someone calls another a witch, we know exactly what they mean. The witch has powers. She is uncanny and unholy. She lives outside the borders of civilization and has been ostracized because her ways stand in the opposition to accepted values, thus challenging our own impulse to conform. To not conform, especially as women, puts us at risk of being called a witch or the rhyming word that begins with a B. Y'all know what that is. <laughs> Biatch. Anne and Barry Ulanov wrote in The Witch and the Clown, two archetypes of human sexuality. The witch figure presents an awesome image of primordial feminine concern with herself. Maternal life spends itself like life's blood flowing outward to nourish the sounds and bodies of loved ones. In the witch figure, life flows inward and downward to fuel the dark recesses of a woman's psyche or a man's anima. Not anima, anima. A-N-I-M-A. <laughs> the witch reminds us there may well be unnameable and untamable aspects of ourselves where passions stagnate and fester. What parts of us don't fit into the conventional idealized feminine? Do we harbor an urge that wishes to transgress and cross borders? Historically, innocent women have been tortured and killed because the prevailing masculine rule feared feminine sexuality. What if we draw on the full complexity of the mother archetype and think of our mean mothers in another way, as women whose creativity has been stifled? The vital flow of their creative energies damned up, ignored or rejected, and thus unavailable to be consciously used? Without a positive outlet, these women may experience a fixed negativity and damages their ability to nurture. 
The hundreds of similar fairy tales illustrate the universality of certain psychic phenomena. In most tales, the witch is a, per a persecutory figure. She pounces on victims who feel helpless to defend themselves. In reality, young children can be helpless victims of parental neglect, and good fairies do not always intercede. But as adults, we can see beyond our own situations to the archetypal dimensions that underlie our present reality and discover we do not suffer alone. In these tales, help of some sort usually steps forward to rescue the heroine, often in the form of animals, birds, or toads. We can hope that these also represent archetypes, inner helpers cultivated in our own psyches who will lead us out of harm's way. Uh, that's just a, some of the excerpt. I love, love, love that, the archetypes. So here's the dealio. We have our human mother that is trying her best. And then we have this idea of what a mother should be through archetypes. So some mothers are like the perfect, beautiful Stepford, Stepford wife mother, and some are the wicked queens. So we have to first learn how to separate the two. Because we get confused by the two. We think that our mothers, because they're our moms, should be these perfect women, all nurturing, all loving, all knowing, all consumed by their children. But the truth of the matter is that's not true. Our mothers are human beings just like we are, right? So the first thing that we need to do in order to heal the mother wound is number one, learn to separate the human from the archetype. Now, if you want to go deeper, there's so many write-ups, so many write-ups on the World Wide Web that have to do with archetypes, especially mother archetypes. And there's a lot of, there's like a really deep, dark rabbit hole that you can go down when it has to do with this stuff. I'm not going to bore you anymore with it, but I, I think the first step is to really separate the human mother from the archetypal mom. Okay. So number two, to heal the mother wound, what can we do? Number two, we need to give up the dream that our mother or your mother will be who you want her to be. She'll never be, okay? Even the best moms out there, they'll never perfectly be who you want them to be and what fairy tales said for them to be. Does that make sense, guys? So you have to give up that dream because you will die. You will lay on your deathbed and you will go to your grave never feeling like you were enough for your human mother because you have this sick archetypal thought around what a mother should be, what she looks like, what she acts like, who she is, how she treats you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So y'all just have to, and myself included, we have to surrender to the fact that it's like, it will never be perfect. But remember, we chose our mothers before we even came to this earth. So if you can admit that, and you can really get behind that truth, you can start realizing that you chose your mom and you chose all your mom's flaws and her good parts as teaching tools so that you can level up and be the HBIC of your life on this three-dimensional earth plane having this human experience. So number two is all about giving up the dream that your mother 
will be this person that she probably will never be. Okay. Number three, this helped me a lot with my own mother wound. And, you know, there's people all over the world that you can reach out to that will help mentor you, that will do all these different things. But number three is find your inner source of unconditional love from a female. So a mother, a mother kind of type of person, or just any female in general. It could be a best friend. It could be someone in a close knit community. It could be someone in your tribe. It could be someone in like a sisterhood. But for me, I find so much mother wound healing energy in my ambitious 28 day protocol. I feel so much unconditional love and sisterhood and tribe and community from my 365 day ambitious lifestyle protocol and the book club and my goddess gatherings and my ambitious business mistress mind. I am with like-minded, loving, kind, determined, tenacious, strong, nurturing, caring women. So I think that we as women, we always like put so much blame on our mothers and it's like, you know, you weren't a good mom and you weren't good enough for me. And I think that we put so much pressure on our mothers being like this almighty, all-knowing, archetypal mom. And it's, it's not healthy. You cannot get everything that you need to have a great life experience just from your mother alone. So number three is find your inner source of unconditional love. That's number one. Um, that could be through meditation. That could be uh, through deep spiritual work and healing. And then find a mentor or find a tribe or find a community. You are more than welcome to be part of our community with Ambitious. We're always looking for other women uh, to join our community, our tribe and sisterhood. So don't think you're alone. And I thought I was alone for a really long time. And, and you're not. You're not. You just have to ask. You just have to knock, right? And then number five, number five, I'm like reading my notes and smoking crack at the same time. Number four is allow yourself, allow yourself to have relationships with people, especially women, who you finally feel like you can be relaxed around, like you can be your true self around, like you can be your authentic best version of yourself around. And that is unconditional and is in a non-judgmental environment. The worst, like I talked about in last week's podcast, the worst thing ever is you have a strained relationship with your mom and then you're looking for like female friends to help take that uh, that heat off of your heart that you're struggling with. And then what happens is because you're not healed, you just jump out of the frying pan into the fire, into other female relationships that mirror and mimic the bad, dark parts of your mother wound relationship, right? So you gotta get right with the Lord and you have to ask God, the universe, whatever you believe in, to send you the right people that will just 
Let you just finally feel for once in your life that you're just at ease and you're calm and you're relaxed and you're comfortable and you feel whole and you can just be exactly who you truly are and no one is going to think any differently about you for it. So that's number four. But a lot of people say, well, where the fuck do I find these people? Like I said, you are more than welcome to always join the ambitious community. We will we will let you in with open arms. Ask any of my girls that I work with and that I spend time with and that I value. We are very close-knit. And so many, if not all, of my girls have mother wound. And we, together as a collective, are helping each other heal from that. And then last, but certainly not least, is... Do the damn healing work around your inner child. So if you already have Ambitious the Book because you purchased the Bitch Box and you are part of our book club, you know that the Healing Your Inner Child meditation is in the latter parts of the book. And it's honestly, it's one of my favorite parts of the book. It's one of the, my most favorite things that I wrote because I know that so many women out there are dealing with the mother wound. So many women are just dragging things that happen to them, traumas from their past and traumas from their childhood and you know low vibrational, unfortunate experiences from when they were younger. They're just dragging the shit like fucking Jacob Marley and his chains like in the fucking Christmas Carol. Okay, remember you and I are the ones that are uh, allowing ourselves and choosing to keep dragging these chains around and these stories, these stories that we've been telling ourselves for so long. But you gotta commit to doing the inner child healing work. It's not easy. It's some of the hardest, most difficult, painful work I've ever done in my life. But guess what? I can truly say that I am the HBIC of my life because of it. Healing is ambitious. So pick up the book, go on over to my website, sign up for our newsletter, www.kbmfc.com. Sign up for our newsletter so you can get your hands on the hardcover book of ambitious. If you are a Kindle reader, go over to Amazon Uh, ambitious is up for pre-sale right now in Kindle. It drops on September 15th. Okay. Now, next week's Ambitious Podcast is all about healing your inner child. So we're going to do a meditation to heal your inner child, and we're going to do some journaling work, and we are going to be doing a burning ritual, and I am going to be a compassionate witness to you and your trauma, and I am going to help you hold space so that you can evolve and ascend. Thank you guys. I hope this helped. I hope that this starts your journey to inner child healing. And like I always say, see you next Tuesday.